Welcome to In Progress, a podcast to help you grow and learn how to become a better version of yourself. Now, here's your host, Michael Cerigliano. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of In Progress. I'm your host, Michael Cerigliano, with special guest, Fabian Bischoff. How are you doing today, Fabian? Doing fantastic, Michael. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. So, what's, uh, what, what's new with you? Uh, what's going on with you today? So, uh, as you know, I've been traveling the States, the United States, for the last three uh, three months. Um, That's how we met in Texas. Yes. And uh, since two weeks, I'm home again in Austria. And uh, I'm getting adjusted to being home again. I'm actually moving to a new apartment, looking for a job. So, yeah, quite busy. Mm -hmm. I believe that. It sounds like it. How's it feel to be back in Austria? It feels uh, it feels weird, man. <laughs> to, be, to be away for such a long time, it's uh, yeah, it leaves a mark on you, definitely. And Absolutely. especially the states and Austria, they are quite difficult. So I had to adjust again. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I'm doing good. Doing good. That's awesome, bro. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, when we met, you were just coming. You just came from what California, right? Exactly. We met in Austin, and. Uh, I on my first day in Texas, actually, that was my first day, and I just came from San Diego. Yes, yeah, it's crazy how those things work, huh? Definitely, yeah. Um, so I wanted to, uh, I wanted to actually jump into your article that you made, um, on stoicism. If you want to give the viewers a little, like, you know, a little summary of what it is and why you did it, and what about stoicism really stands out to you, yeah. Definitely. Um, the first time I discovered Stoicism was a few years ago. I cannot really tell you when the specific time it, time was. Um, I probably stumbled over some Instagram quote from one of the Stoics. That's probably it. And uh, from then on, I, uh, I saw this topic over and over again, and uh, it sparked my interest. And so I, I read about it and I got really hooked with it. I read a few books about it and uh, eventually wrote my own article just because I wanted to, just because I felt the desire to. And yeah, yeah as you said, you wrote it, uh, you read it. Sorry for that. You read it. And um, Stoicism is, is an ancient philosophy. It's more than 2000 years old. And yeah. um it's basically somewhat uh, the mother of self-improvement. The yeah. Stoics were keen on getting better, bettering their mind, um, disciplining their mind and disciplining themselves and just um, to look at life from a healthy perspective. Right. I don't right. want to use the same exact uh, phrases that I do in the article, so I'm struggling a little bit with that. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine, man. You're fine. Um, but yeah, I had a, I had a conversation actually, um, weirdly enough, when I came back home, I, uh, did a podcast episode with one of my, one of my good friends who's very spiritually enlightened. And we actually dove into the uh, topic of stoicism and he explained it as, he explained it as being, being like an immovable object, like a statue, like nothing, nothing, nothing can phase you. Yeah. Because you know how to control your emotions and your reactions to things. 
And I feel like that's a very accurate description of what it is to be, to be stoic. The, the misconception that all of, uh, that oftentimes comes across is that people confuse, um, mis, misinterpret the term stoic. People mm. think that stoicism has something to do with being emotionless, showing no emotion or don't uh, suppressing emotions. That's not true. Okay. The, the word actually doesn't come from the, the stoic term. It's uh, the word stems from the stoa poikile, which means a painted uh, pillar hall mm -hmm. in Greek, something like that. And um, that's where the, the first stoics taught their lessons. That's why the stoics were associated with the stoa poikile. So that's how the name came together. Ah. Okay. Yeah, just so, so how would you, how would you then describe, um, sto like somebody who practices stoicism? Like you said that it's not being emotionless; it's mm -hmm. being in tune with your emotions more so. In tune with your emotions, but not letting your emotions control you. Not suppressing them, but not letting them control you. Right. See, uh, the, the example I try to use, if I explain that to somebody is like, at first, you're the passenger in a car, you're on the passenger seat, and your emotions are driving. And then you get to a situation, whatever, and your emotions just take a left immediately. Mm -hmm. And you take that left turn a couple of times. And then you realize on the passenger seat, you realize, hey, wait a second. Um, if we take that left, we're always going to hit traffic. And if I take a, a, a right turn, for example, I will not hit traffic and I will be 30 minutes faster. Mm -hmm. So now you say, hey, buddy, let me drive. You take the, <laughs> the driver's seat and you actually do that right turn. The emotions are still there. They're still on the passenger seat and screaming, no, go left, go left, go left. And yeah. you hear them. They're there and you hear them. You're aware of them. But yeah. you just choose you're present enough you choose to act differently mm. so emotions always give you a, an impulse to do something for example you stub your toe and your first impulse is to 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 swear right you know what i mean yeah and that's that's the impulse but you can control those impulses mm -hmm. so i would yeah so uh is it more so than like your you understand what the emotion is like the reactive emotion you understand what that's going to be and you take the you take the active approach to not do that thing right so like if you stub your toe instead of saying fuck you just, just be quiet yeah yeah you just embrace it yeah that's that's the way i see it yeah and um, one of the Stoics, I'm not completely sure who of them said it, but they implied something like no outer thing can really harm you. No mm -hmm. opinion of another person can really harm you. The only thing that can harm you is if you allow it to. That's very true. Yeah. So, so what, what, about, what about Stoicism caught your eye? Why, mm -hmm. why, why are you so into Stoicism? It's, it's a good question, and I don't really have an easy answer for it. I just 
at first I was curious. I read all those cool quotes and I was like, yeah, I like that. I like that. And then I wrote, uh, I read more about it. And the more I read, the more I got fascinated by it. Just the idea of um, being in control, you know? Yeah. And also taking responsibility for your actions. That's yeah. something I, I feel like is really important, especially in today's times, because we are masters at blaming others. Yes. Right. Victim mentality. Yeah, exactly. And just getting, getting our powers back. So, so to speak. And, um, yeah, what really hooked me is the concept of uh, memento mori. I write about that in the article, but I'm going to explain it anyways. Um, it's a Latin term that basically means remember that you will die. Remember that you're mortal. And the reaction I get most of the times if I speak to somebody who's not familiar with that concept is that they're like, oh my God, that's dark. That's, that's uh, very morbid. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yes. That's, that's something that I don't want to do. I don't want to remind myself that I'm going to die eventually. Right. But um, the question that arises in my head is, why won't you do that? Because it's inevitable. That's Correct. a fact that just gets swept under the rug easily. But um, nothing is really for certain. Right, Not exactly. That we can finish this episode or I don't know what, but death is certain. That's the only um, certain thing in life, so yeah. to say. And um, I feel like that gives you power. If you really embrace the fact that your time is limited, that gives you fuel. Absolutely. Because it yeah. drives you. It drives you to do more and mm -hmm. to let, let, like you said, let less things affect you because you know, like, I mean, I, it's morbid to think like that. Yes. But I also think like that some, I, I try and think, think like that frequently, you know, because when you're going after something, when you're doing anything and you have a goal in mind to get somewhere, it's better to think if I don't do this now, I might never. You, I might never have the opportunity. If you think, you know, I'm going to die one day, it gives you a finite um, time frame. Like it's, exactly. it's finite. You're not, you're not living forever. So you have to do these things now. You, you can't let the small things bother you because what's the use? What's the point? Exactly. And not only that, ob obviously it drives you to do things. But for me, it's also like it makes you appreciate things more because Absolutely. you don't have to die to um to be done with certain areas in your life so life is constant change and with that change comes the fact that some things you will never do again for example i will probably never go to school again probably um, or exactly or <laughs> let's take my trip to america that's maybe a better example yeah it's just i'm never gonna do that trip again that was a once in a lifetime experience i may go to the states again but i'm a different person when i do that i maybe do it under different circumstances and everything changes so that special experience that's a once in a lifetime experience and memento mori for me at least also reminds me of that that um you will never relive this moment every moment is unique Yes, exactly. 
Marcus Aurelius actually said, so one of the famous Stoics, he actually said, no man steps into the same river twice. For first of all, it's not the same river. And second of all, it's not the same man. Yeah, I've, I've never thought of that, actually. That's, that's actually so true. Because like, like you said, if you come back to America, even for three months again, if you do the exact same trip, it can't be the same trip. There's going to be different people that you come across. You're a different person coming to America. The things you do are going to be different. Everything's different. So you can't do the same thing twice. Even if you think it's possible, it's not. Exactly. And yeah, life changes. And with that, we, we get so caught up in day-to-day life that we forget about. And, and also in our hustle, we get so caught up in, in striving for something that, re- that we really forget what we already have. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I read a quote once. Um, if you knew that you would take your last breath, would you enjoy it? Yeah. But how many would? Uh, definitely. But how many breaths do you con- uh, consciously enjoy during the day? Exactly. Zero. None. Take it. Take, I mean, on a, on a day-to-day basis, everybody, including myself, I can't even say that I don't. We take so much for granted where maybe somebody who's like terminally ill and is going to die doesn't feel that same way. Like me, like me and you right now, we're talking to each other. We're just, you know, this is normal. We, we live yeah. in the 21st century. We have the ability to do this. But exactly. like 30 years ago, if I met you in Texas and you went back to Austria, we couldn't talk. It's so crazy to think about it like that. I actually, I, I didn't think about it until you said it, but it's, it's true, yeah. Yeah, literally, we'd never see each other again. Exactly. Impossible. And today, it's just like that. It's so easy. Yeah, we just text each other a couple times. You're ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Boom. Exactly, yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah, we're, we're living in, a, yeah, in the best time ever, really. Yeah, it's absolutely. the best time to be alive. It may be, it's maybe a little bit strange here and there, definitely. But yeah. um, just from the possibilities that we have, it's the best time ever, definitely. 100%. Now, with, um, you said that you got into Stoicism, started to practice Stoicism. So before you, were, before you came across and started practicing Stoicism, what, what about yourself did you see and think this isn't, this isn't what I want or was it like, what, what made you get into the stoicism? So, um, I'm, uh, as you know, I practice martial arts and, um, for the last four years I've done that. And, um, through that, I realized pretty quickly that, um, that our mind can do so much more than just, yeah, what we think. Yeah, that our mind is actually really important in sports performance and in everything else in day-to-day life. The way you think determines a lot of what will happen to you. And um, through that, I got interested. And then I had my first competition, if I, I'm not mistaken, that should be about that time frame. And then I started doing some research and read some books. And that's probably the time when I came across Stoicism. So two years ago and during the process of getting more information about how our mind works and how important a good mindset, a strong mindset actually is. Absolutely. Do you, do you find that the practices of stoicism benefit you when it comes to training 
uh, in martial arts? I cannot really tell you that because the, the practices of stoicism, they came across uh, silently to me. So it was a step-by-step -step process, you know? And I feel like I benefit from them. I benefit not too much in training, but a lot more in my day-to-day -day life. So if I realize that I get angry about something, I try to tell myself that, um, that it's my responsibility, not maybe that I'm in that situation. For example, if I stub my toe, I didn't choose to stub my toe, but it happened. So yeah. it's my responsibility how I'm acting with it. Mm -hmm. Of course, I can get upset and swear and cry and I don't know what, but uh, is that going to change the fact that I stubbed my toe? No, no, of course not. not the only all. thing I, it happened. It's, it's the way it is now. The only thing I can do is just make the best out of that situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, um, so I was actually, uh, before we got onto the, onto this podcast, before we mm -hmm. got onto the video, I was actually looking up, um, I, I typed in on Google stoicism, MMA. Okay. Right? And, uh, there's actually, uh, I think his name is, I think it was Fedor, you know, Fedor. Mm -hmm. So Fedor, he, uh, actually, I couldn't find if he actively practices stoicism. He doesn't really refer to stoicism, but a okay. lot of the, a lot of the things that he says in press conferences and interviews is, uh, it falls into that category of stoicism, right? He said, uh, after he wins, he he's, uh, at, he's at peace. He's not, you know, he doesn't get over the top. It's like onto the next one. Um, <laughs> I have a job to do kind of just like let he, he lets it sit for a second. And then he goes about, goes on. And he said, okay. when he lost, uh, this one stood out to me when he lost the match, he said something, something to the effect of a tree can grow so tall before it gets taken down, but it's going to get taken down. And there's nothing that you can do about that. And it's just his mentality in it. He lost the championship. He lost the belt after winning, not like nonstop winning. And he was just like, it's bound to happen. It's supposed to happen. It is what it is. Yeah. I feel like that's a very healthy way to look at it. And especially in such a crazy sport as MMA. Um, the reality is two people step into a steel cage or ring in Fedor's time. And one person is going to come out the victor and one person is going to come out the loser. That's just the way it is. Yes. and there's no in between um, exactly and uh obviously you can be the loser mm -hmm. you do your best not to be but you can and just making your peace with that it's it goes back to the same principle as like memento mori remember that you will die it's an it's kind of inevitable Mm -hmm. I mean, losing is not really inevitable. There's always so many different vari variables. But the moment you step into that cage, there is a chance that you will lose. Yeah, exactly. Or that you can lose. Yeah, and you have and to be the, prepared. Exactly. The same thing with life. The moment you get born, you can die. You can die. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that, yeah, I, uh, I, think, I think about that frequently because... It's true. Like you never, you never know when your last day is. So why would you live any day as if it's not your last day? Yeah. You know, you have to enjoy everything more. Yeah. You can't sit on the bad because 
I mean, I, I don't know about you. I'm assuming it's the same with you as it is with me. There are people that I know that are around my age that have died. Yeah. You know? So it's like everyone, when you're a kid, you're thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to die till I'm 90. And then once you get to be like, you know, 25, 26, it's like, no, you could die tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And if you're not living that life, enjoying every day as if it's your last and not sitting on those bad things, because a lot of people do that. Something bad happens to them and that ruins their whole week. Exactly. Exactly. And you're you're saying the right thing, because most people, I feel like when they talk about living like it's their last day, they think about doing fancy stuff and spending all their money and doing extraordinary things. But um, that's not it. That's not living like you, like it's your last day. It's enjoying the small things. Yeah. It's really enjoying those things that you, that you have, not doing something extraordinary. Um, and I got asked that question once by my trainer, what I would do if I knew it was my last day. We were having kind of a philosophical talk and I, my immediate reaction was, yeah, I would probably train and have a good dinner with my family and friends. Mm-hmm. Nothing fancy. Yeah. But um, that's something that's important for me. And um, basically, it's something that I do every day. Yeah. And uh, just consciously enjoy the important things. Absolutely. And that's, a, I mean, to, to add to that, um, I mean, everyone, everyone thinks, like you said, the, the luxurious, extraordinary things, those are the things that everyone wants. And that's what you want to do. But it's like, no, that's not, that's not it. Like money is great. Things are great, but it's not things that make you happy. It's the relationships that you, that, the relationships that you cultivate throughout your lifetime that have meaning. Like me and you meeting and me and you being able to do this. This means a lot. But oh, like, yeah. you know, I mean, that trip to America probably was fantastic. <laughs> but it's the, it's the relationships you cultivate along the way that have the meaning. Those are the things that you need to enjoy, not the material things. Yeah, you're saying you're looking at it from the same exact angle as I do. People, the people you meet in your life, that's really what makes the difference. And as you know, if you have good friends, if you have have good people around you, that that uplifts you. That really gives you sort of a push. And they don't say that you're the product of the five people that you spend the most time with for nothing. That's that's for a reason. Exactly. Exactly. And you need to make sure that you surround yourself with people in that same mindset. What do you do, though? Because stoicism is not I mean, it's not a it's not widely accepted as normal. Right. Like not being not being like choosing to not be mad, choosing to not be upset, choosing to not be depressed. Like that's not that's not normal, at least in America. In, In America, it's like, no, you you get mad, you get depressed, you take medicine for it. And like, that's the way that America is driven. And how do you, how do you go about conversations with people that are more like, you're, you're fucking crazy. Uh, I never had that, uh, that somebody told me I'm fucking crazy. No, (laughs) 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 but, um, first of all, I don't have those conversations with everybody. Mm -hmm. I, I only have those conversations with people that I feel like, okay, they are actually listening and, um, they don't 
they they have um, they give me the space to express myself and express my opinions, and they don't get offended if that's different than from what they think. That's a big right. one. Yeah. A lot of people get offended, and don't get me wrong, I may be a victim to that as well. Um, people get offended if you say something that they can't agree with because right. it rattles their own belief system, you know? Yes, absolutely. So that's the first one. And the second one is, um, what did I want to say? Yeah, I try to, I try to be um, careful of how I present those things. And I also, I don't walk around and just um, act like I'm, I don't know how to say it. Um, give me a second. Better? <laughs> yeah, superior, superior. That's, yeah. I do that for me, you know, if, if I read about stoicism or write about stoicism or think about it myself, I, I do that for me to better myself, you know, yeah. it's not that I want to be better than somebody else, because everybody's good the way they are. But um, right. I just try to get better for myself and learn something new. And uh, with this practice, I realize that it makes life easier for me if I don't get upset by stubbing my toe on the, on the bed, you right. know, yeah, it makes exactly. life easier for me. And just because that's the way for me, doesn't mean that it has to be the way for you. But um, if you actually want to learn about it, I will help you. You know, that's, that's sort of my mentality. If I feel like, okay, you're interested and, uh, and I have something that I can share with you that you actually want to learn about, then I'm, um, very happy to share that with you but I, if i feel like okay the other person's not really interested that's also fine then i'm just gonna do my thing again yeah absolutely um and the conversation that i had with my with my friend a few weeks ago mm -hmm. he was saying that when you get into the mentality of whatever it is you're practicing with him it's it's a mix actually a few people that i interviewed uh recently they said they all practice a mix so stoicism uh, Taoism, Buddhism, uh, all, all of the, all of those practices. And they say that they actually, you can, you can tell when you're talking to somebody who is open and willing to have that conversation. And you can tell when somebody's just not going to accept that at all. Is that how it is for you as well? Yeah, kind of. So I could definitely agree with that. Um, but I wanted to, I want to hook up on something that you actually said right now that they practice a mix of different things. Um, that's basically the way everybody is. I feel like it's also the way for me. It's not that I'm okay. This is stoicism and that's exactly how I will think. No, there are certain aspects or certain ideas of the stoics that I don't really ag agree with just the overall concept of how they express expressed their self and um, and thought about the world, I totally agree with, and I feel like that I can benefit from implementing their thought processes into myself, into my life. You know. Mm -hmm. So um, what what about yeah, sorry? What about the Stoics? Um, do you not agree with? Um, for example. There's a, they don't even agree with what everybody else, uh, what all the Stoics. So two of the Stoics, they have, uh, two of the well-known Stoics have uh, 
the opinion that um, money is not or money wasn't important for them, but they also didn't have a lot of money. So they were like, yeah, better stay away from it. Mm-hmm. So that kind of mentality. And then two other Stoics who were fairly rich, Marcus Aurelius and uh, Seneca, they had the mentality that money is good. It's just how you use it. Right. Yeah. That's, so that's one point. Do you, do you think that the, the Stoics that, were, that said money's, money's bad, it's not important, do you think that that was just their way of coping with not having money? Like the same mentality as stubbing your toe, like, oh, I stubbed my toe, but I'm not going to let it bother me. It is what it is. With them, it was like, I don't have money, so I'm not going to worry about money. Money doesn't, isn't needed, so it is what it is, and that was their way of like dealing with it? Or do you think that their preaching actually was like, nobody should have money? I feel like it's the first thing, that they didn't have the money, and that it actually, because they didn't have it, that it wasn't important to them. They were content with what they had, you know? Yeah. And see the human the human being adapts that's what we do that's how we survive be we adapt and uh if you're adapted to living with a lo- living a low standard life you yeah you're used to it and then you don't need any more mm-hmm. so that's uh yeah that's how i feel about it yeah i mean if you look if you look at even all of the all of the prophets, all of the all of the people that are responsible for their own philosophy or religion—Buddha, Jesus Christ, all of them—they lived a simplistic lifestyle happily, and they had followers during that time. So, I mean, a lot of these people that were responsible for a lot of these uh, findings, these religions, these practices—a lot of them did did live that simplistic lifestyle, and it was good for them. <laughs> yeah see real real happiness does not really come from material things there's even so we learned that in school um when we when we covered marketing in a company the uh, and once you have a certain amount you earn a certain amount of money the real gratification does not come from money anymore it's more about uh um what's the word in english uh, if you get to express yourself fully in work and if you can actually engage yourself in work that's much more important than getting another 100 bucks yeah so once your basic needs are covered obviously yes. once you have a roof over your head and you can live comfortably absolutely yeah, yeah. it gets to a certain point where <laughs> getting more money is it's not needed like in america that standard is i believe eighty thousand dollars a year eighty thousand dollars a year in america they say if you make eighty thousand a hundred thousand a hundred and fifty thousand two hundred thousand you're going to be living the same nothing's right you're not going to be struggling for anything anymore you just now have the ability to you know go on trips more and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but like your basic necessities are now met completely you're comfortable stress-free for the most part unless you choose to be otherwise and at that point there's there's really no no need to chase anymore which is actually something that i've i've implemented in my own life too because i before before i knew that before i was into the spirituality and the philosophy i was like a million a year 
a mil- two million a year. I want everything. And that's, that's a, I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, fine. You can think that way. It's fine. But at the end of the day, if you're always chasing uh, more money, more things, you're never satisfied with what you have. And you, you waste your entire life chasing something because somebody else has it or you want to impress somebody you want to get the ferrari because oh this person has a ferrari or oh i'll look cool with the ferrari but it's like are you going to be happy with the ferrari or are you only doing it so other people think that you're happy that's a really good point that's a really good point and i feel like see i was in brazil when i was 15 for a month Mm -hmm. i don't know if i told you the story yet but uh yeah back then i was in in brazil for a month and when i came back i Obviously, I had a big culture shock. Um, yeah. It was, we lived under fairly poor conditions mm-hmm. there, but um, it opened my eyes. 